episode 21 of Nerd of Paradise. I'm your host, Kate, and I don't even know what to call this episode. <laughs> it's basically the Phoenix Comic Con Fan Fest and Tucson Comic Con experiences rolled up into one convenient podcast episode. So maybe I'll think of something more clever by the time this goes out, but yeah, so for the most part, it's just going to be my Comic-Con experiences this fall so far. I did unfortunately have some technical difficulties with some of the interviews that did not turn out, but I'll try to uh, fill in the gaps as best I can. So why don't we go ahead and start off with Phoenix Comic-Con Fan Fest. So this is actually the third year Phoenix Comic-Con Fan Fest happened. It's kind of like a smaller, more fan-based Comic-Con put on by Phoenix Comic-Con. And it's always a lot of fun. So this was the first year it was actually downtown. It had previously been in Glendale, where the Cardinals play. I like both locations. They each have their pros and cons. But I do think downtown is probably a little more convenient. There's just a lot more restaurants and things to do down there. And you can get there on the light rail. That's what I like to do. So it had some really interesting guests, which I unfortunately was not able to get interviews with. That would have been awesome. But my favorite panels were the Stranger Things and the Tim Rose. So the Stranger Things panel was this awesome panel with, of course, Eleven, Millie Bobby Brown, and David Harbour, who plays Jim Hopper. So these two were a dynamic duo, and I loved Millie's enthusiasm. She was amazing. Again, I would have loved to interview her. And David Harbour, he just was very charming and awesome, and it was really one of the best panels I've ever been to. Um, the Tim Rose one was really interesting. So Tim Rose is the one behind Admiral Akbar, among other Star Wars characters. Uh, that's probably the one he's most famous for. So it was cool to hear some of the behind-the-scenes stories about puppeteering and how they made Akbar. And then he also got to give a nice little tribute to Kenny Baker. So I really enjoyed I actually didn't get too much audio from Phoenix Comic Con Fan Fest, but I did get a chance to stop by at the con man booth. I haven't gotten a chance to watch this yet, but it's the show with Alan Tudyk. And so I talked to the guy at the booth a little bit about that. So here's that. All right, I'm over at the con man booth. How's it going? It's good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming by. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about con man. Well, Con Man is the uh, television show with uh, Alan Tudyk and Nathan Fillion. Alan created it. Uh, basically, it's 10 years after their hit sci-fi show Spectrum is canceled. <laughs> Jack Moore, Nathan's character, goes off to great fame, while Alan's character, Ray, nearly gets stuck in Comic-Con hell. And he doesn't appreciate all the love that he has from the fans, and he's constantly striving to get out. So it's all the shenanigans about what goes on behind uh, these conventions. And we also have the game, Con Man the Game just came out, where you get to build your own comic book convention and protect it from the aliens who try to burn it down. <laughs> Joss Whedon's your janitor, Kevin Smith is your security guard, you get to invite all the boys from Spectrum to sign at your cons, and <laughs> that's a lot of fun and it's on iOS and Android. Cool. So tell me about the little broken baby head thing. So she's from season one. <laughs> okay, we have a, a, a episode in season one where 
uh, Alan's character Ray meets uh, Trisha Helfer's character who's at a baby doll convention. <laughs> and uh, Ray goes along with the fact that this woman has a fake baby as a child just because he wants to better. And uh, the, this actual doll with the head all chopped out comes from a dream sequence where his pseudo girlfriend Amy Acker gets jealous and tries to cut his throat with the head of the baby doll. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And then that, that's Alan. And this is Alan's doll, Ray Ray. It's a adjustable arm. And this was his <laughs> doll that he had made at the same time. And he was making fun of her. And then they realized, well, I got a doll too. <laughs> awesome. That's cool. So where can people find out more about Conman? Uh, Conmantheseries.com. And you can watch season one on Comic-Con HQ. And cool. season two will be out on December 8th. All right. And so Tucson Comic-Con. This was my second year attending I had a fun time last year and I had a fun time again this year. It's a great con. There is some awesome enthusiasm by the cosplayers and just everyone in attendance in general and some really interesting guests and some really interesting things going on on, on the show floor. So so I managed to get a little more audio for from Tucson Comic Con. The stuff I didn't get audio from... The Marina Sirtis panel. Is, am I saying her name right? <laughs> you think I would know after going to the panel. Um, Deanna Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation. I've seen her before, I think at the Star Trek convention a while back. But she was really funny and really entertaining to watch. And... I mean, it was really heartfelt what she said at the end about the fans, and so I really appreciated that. Again, she would have been fun to interview too, but it just didn't happen. But I did get a chance to talk to a bunch of people at Tucson. Um, particularly, a lot of authors were really awesome and willing to talk to me a little bit. So I'm going to go ahead and play the interviews I have for you from Tucson Comic Con. My name is Sean Hode. Nice to meet you. So it looks like you got an in interesting yeah, I collection kinda, of novels here. I run the gamut on uh, on pulpy kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the, my Darwin's Dreams is uh, a literary novel. So it's kind of the odd man out. Uh -huh. um, but it's still very interesting and entertaining. And um, What I try to do is just if something's interesting to me, mm -hmm. and, I, and I have enough of an idea to write, you know, to write a whole book about it, mm -hmm. I just I go for it. I uh, write for Severed Press which has put out the Prehistoric Beasts and Where to Fight Them, and the Space Explosions little series here, mm -hmm. and also Spinosaurus. These are all crooked. I need to work on that. Uh, but um, Dead Town Abbey is a very funny um, book. It, you don't have to know anything about Downton Abbey. I'm a huge Downton Abbey. Oh, well, good. Well, it's uh, good, but there's a lot of Easter eggs you'll get. There, oh, you know? okay. But uh, it's, you know, the rich people upstairs, the servants yeah. downstairs. But in this, instead of the servants and the working class trying uh -huh. to get rights, it's supernatural creatures. Uh -huh. And so they're loggerheads, right? But then a larger supernatural creature might have tentacles, I can't say. Um, Spoilers. Uh, just saying. Uh, the cover is a spoiler. Um, is uh, They have to band together to try to fight him. It. It. We don't know what it is. And uh, Cthulhu Attacks, actually, is uh, from Severed also. And it is the first in a trilogy. And it was the first book. It uh, came out last year. It was the first book to deal with what if Cthulhu actually rose. There are short stories with that, but... Um, and but there, but this is the first novel, and it, it what it's gotten great reviews, and it's my best-selling book, and it um, it deals with like 
everything's really, really plausible. I did so much research. Really, really plausible all around it, so that when Cthulhu rises, it's uh, you just kind of automatically suspend disbelief. And uh, three for the money um, is uh, uh, like a, a sexy uh, crime caper uh, book, and it's really funny. <laughs> if you like Elmore Leonard or Carl Hyacin or any of them, uh, um, what's his name? Um, Donald Westlake, you'd like that. And then Inappropriate Behavior is my uh, short transgressions by me. Um, and those are, those are short stories, all of which are very strange. Zombies versus gamblers in Vegas Showdown. <laughs> so that's the last short story in here. Uh -huh. And that, I took that short story and it, like, that's like the beginning oh. of this book, the uh, Know When to Run, nice. from Moran Press in Las mm -hmm. Vegas. Actually, all the other books are from Moran Press. And I brought, have brought back the Penny Dreadful. We have Nikola Tesla versus the Daylight Vampires, uh -huh. and then uh, Nikola Tesla meets the Shadow Man, oh, wow. which will be coming out next month. And then I've got a couple of Lovecraftian uh, ones that are not, not for young people, so I put it back here. And it's just lots of fun, because there were two flavors of uh, Penny Dreadfuls back in the day. Yeah. There was science versus the supernatural, mm -hmm. and then there was, let's take, a, let's take a peek behind the curtain at the opium den, oh, at the yeah. decadence having, gotcha. happening there. <laughs> You know, so yeah, so I try to have a wide variety of them. Interesting. Uh, Cthulhu 2 is going to come out, uh, I think, in December. Oh, okay. And uh, cool. people on my mailing list um, are uh, will get it serialized, um, and then of course the book. You know, awesome. uh, so it's great, and I really. Where, where can people go to find out more about you? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, hey, Matt, I'm at uh, my website is S E A N Sean H O A D is in David E dot com and my email is on my website but it's sean at seanhode.com and my password is sean 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 you know um <laughs> and your social security my is sean 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 sean, sean, sean. Uh, and uh it's just a lot of fun and when people um come to my website uh you can read the first 10 percent of every oh, one nice. of my books 10 percent is the most that amazon allows you and still yeah. carry your book so uh people yeah. read them and, and and they like them and it's great Okay, so now I'm at the Miserable Hair People table. How are you doing, guys? We're doing great. Right. So is that, is that referring to you guys or the puppets? Um, both. both. Puppets <laughs> are basically just us, but yeah. a okay. little... Okay. So are they they're puppets? Like, they're not Muppets? Um, I, I don't know, know if we can get quite... sued for saying Muppets, <laughs> so <laughs> let's say trademark? puppets. Okay. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about this whole thing. I have a lot of questions. Uh, you can ask away, or we can tell you. I mean, oh, basically, start we start with like a, an introduction, maybe. Uh, me and Kev have been friends for a bit. We started doing animations on YouTube. Uh, kind of hard to do. Moved on to this because it was the closest thing to animation that we could get without. It basically just character acting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So and they're based on each of you. Yeah, based, they're just us, but a little like personality <laughs> blown out. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, we just have a YouTube channel where we mess around with the puppets and try to be as funny as we can and edit, hopefully edit out all the crap that's not funny. And, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so like what were your, some of your inspirations? Um, mostly animation. Mostly animation. Yeah. That's what we went to school for and that's where okay. we met. People always ask us if we're big I'm Muppet fans. Yeah. I, I respect it, but I've never been a huge oh, fan. Okay. So yeah. it's Good basically, timing. you know, cartoon from the 90s. My big inspiration like Ren and Stimpy, early 2000s, Invader Zim, yeah. uh, a lot of like the Nicktoon type show. We'll be here all day. Nicktoon, okay. uh, Cartoon Network in the like the turn of the century kind of. So you guys do live shows? Uh, we've go. done live streaming. Live streaming? Yeah, oh, okay. but it's it's exclusively through like YouTube. Oh, okay, gotcha. So where can people go to find out more? 
Uh, if you just Google the three words "miserable hair people," it's like we're the only thing that comes up. Exactly. Yeah. If you go to, if you want more specific, go to YouTube "miserable hair people." Okay. And that's where you find it. Cool. Thank okay. All right. What's your name? I'm Patrick Tylee. Hi. Nice to meet you. All right. So looks like you're an author. Do you want to tell us, um, like, what's your genre? My genre is science fiction. I have two books: Wisdom and Rebellion, for adult science fiction. And I have a mid-grade novel titled, Mrs. Tricker is Not Herself. Oh, nice. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the books? Sure. In Wisdom, using her telescope, little orphaned Arab girl is the first person to see an alien starship bound for Earth. She's befriended by the person on the vessel, but he hides a terrible secret. His promise of peace to the Earth is a trick. Elmira is accidentally killed but he restores her life. Now, her mind is a copy of his, and she knows the truth. So is it a series or It's two books, Wisdom and Rebellion. Oh, okay. And that'll close it out. There won't be any more books in that series. So the cover is kind of cool. They kind of fit together like a puzzle? Yeah. Mrs. Tricker is a great book for fourth and fifth graders. So a fourth grade boy named Michael suspects that his teacher has been changed into a robot while she was away on summer vacation at space camp. He gathers all the evidence and proof, but no one will listen, not even his parents. Now Mrs. Tricker threatens to take Michael to the space camp in the forest. What is he going to do? So, which do you like better, writing like the junior or, or adult Um, I, I think adult is easier for me because to write for children, I have to put myself in a kid's mindset. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So how did you get into writing? Like, What were some of your inspirations? Actually, when I was in uh, fifth grade, I wrote a story called Super Snout, which, uh, if you can imagine, uh, Superman with a giant nose. <laughs> and it was uh, submitted to the school uh, and for a writing contest, and I won. Cool. So ever since then, I've enjoyed writing. The rest writing. is history. The rest is history. <laughs> That's cool. So uh, where can people go to find out more or to get your books? Go to um, www.patricktylee.com. Mm -hmm. So it's like Tyler, but with two E's instead. Okay. And links to all my books are available from my webpage. And you can also watch an awesome book trail. Cool. Sounds awesome. All right. Thanks for talking to Nerd of Paradise. You bet. Thanks. All right, so I'm here with Natalie Wright. How's it going? It is going great. She's on Comic-Con. Woo! Looks like you're having an awesome con so far. It is doing is great so far, yes. Sweet. Good crowd. Yeah, there is. Well, I actually just got here like maybe like an hour ago, so yeah, it's fun. All right, so do you want to tell us about your books? Sure, so I have two different series. I want to start with the most recent one. It's called HALF, and HALF stands for Human Alien Life Form. Mm -hmm. So the basic premise is this. Uh, the government finally succeeded in creating a human-alien hybrid. Mm -hmm. He's 17, and he's just escaped the lab into the Arizona desert, where he's <laughs> on the run from the makers, an Illuminati-like organization. Yeah. That's kind of the setup for book one. Uh, a lot of other stuff happens, blah, 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 blah. And then in book two, everything you think you know about the Roswell Grays may be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then I introduce you to a new alien threat that's coming from across the galaxy. There are cousins. They're much more advanced than we are, mastered interstellar travel, and they're on their way and they're hungry. 
So at the center of it all is this human alien hybrid. He was created to save us, but we haven't always treated him very well, so he's not sure whether he's going to side with the humans or the aliens. But he met Erica Holt, and he's digging on her like a lot. So <laughs> who knows? You know, maybe his affection for her will. So uh, how does the alien baby tie in? <laughs> well, that's a baby Roswell Gray. Oh, okay. Yeah. I so love that. <laughs> half is, you know, he's oh, his gotcha. DNA is part human, part Roswell Gray. So <laughs> that's, that's how my baby alien ties that's into cool. that. And so you were talking a little bit earlier about the logo. Yeah. Oh, this great giant logo right here. So yeah. tell us a little more about that. Yeah. So. Um, because the makers are interested in uh, really perpetuating their own like DNA, it's like this Illuminati-like organization, I started with this idea of the Ouroboros, which is a snake that goes back to Mesopotamia. It's is that a, the one that with like the medical? Well, that's the Codicus, oh, that okay. comes after the Ouroboros. Gotcha. The Ouroboros is just a single snake uh -huh. that's in a circle and it's eating its tail. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's a really cool symbol. A lot of people have tattoos of it. Yeah. But it's that idea of eternal life, gotcha. uh, renewal, re re regeneration. And so I started with that idea and then I thought, hey, what if I had these snakes in a like twisted like a DNA double helix? Cool. Yeah, instead of eating their tails, but giving the same kind of idea. Yeah. So, cool. so they're eating each other's tails, but there's the DNA interspliced. Yeah. And then the, and then the yeah, and then I um, I have a pyramid behind it, and I I can't tell readers why because <laughs> that will give away Read some stuff from book three. Out. But um, there is a reason. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So and then your other series? Yeah, that is uh, called the Akasha Chronicles. It's about a girl named Emily Adams, and in book one, Emily's 14. She has special abilities. She's been hiding from friends and family. She gets a visit from a stranger from another dimension and learns that she's from a long line of magical women. Last of her kind, time for her to go learn how to use her magic. Her ancestor didn't quite kick enough bootay a thousand years ago, so now it's time for Emily to kick some bootay and uh, take care of that bad guy. That's cool. So something, you know, like since you're a woman, like it seems like recently like diversity is such a big issue. Yeah. What advice do you have for like other women who are interested in getting into writing? Well, I think that we really, my personal opinion is we really need to write from our heart and write what's in us to write. And that if you try to create characters that don't feel right to you, they're going to read as not right to you. I do try to instill some diversity in my characters. Um, I started out writing about a, a, a girl with red hair. And I, I'm a girl with red hair, you know what I mean? Right. So that, and often when you first start out, that's okay. Like you got to start out writing. Sometimes Wait you just you, know. you have to exercise out of you like yeah. those first stories. But the more that I write, the more I step into deep POV, and I'm uh, you know so I'm aliens, I'm human, yeah. I'm gay, I'm straight, I'm white, I'm Latina, I'm black. You know I'm all these things. And so I think just the more that you write, and the more you allow yourself to go to those deep places within yourself. And ultimately, for me, I think people are people. And so if you write people, yeah. not stereotypes. Yeah, people, awesome. not characters. Yeah. So you have to, no matter, and so the exterior is, is really, to me, almost irrelevant. I give them a few characteristics just so people can tell them apart mm -hmm. in the book and, and create enough of a mental image that they can, but otherwise, people yeah. are people. And the more I write, the more that philosophy takes hold within me. And, yeah, awesome. I think so. So how did you get your start writing? Like, what were, what were some of your inspirations? Well, I was practicing law, not writing. Oh, wow. And I had a vision and a dream of this 
object caught a torque and I just, it, sh it wouldn't go away. <laughs> and I kept dreaming about this story and so I just started writing it because wow. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I mean, I wrote all through like, you know, like right. high school and undergrad. And so, and then one story, and then I was like, hey, I see more to this story. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, I see another story. That's awesome. So it just kind of kept that. going. Yeah. Now I have more ideas than time to write them down. So. Yeah, I hear That's cool. So where can people go to find out more about your stories or you? Yeah, so probably one of the best places is NatalieWrightAuthor.com. That is my primary website and blog. And from that, they can discover a whole bunch of stuff. And then there's another site, it's themakers.io, uh, I believe, and that um, has like, I mean, I'm everywhere, YouTube, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. if you just Google me, you'll, okay. you'll yeah. find it. Yeah, I'll definitely like tag you and everything. Yeah, on Amazon page. And awesome. Very cool. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for talking to Nerd of Paradise. And so that's a wrap for my Tucson Comic Con and Phoenix Comic Con Fan Fest coverage. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Again, I as I was going through it, I noticed more of the audio issues. And so thanks for sticking with this episode to the end. I am aware of the issues and hopefully I can get that taken care of before the next episode. And unfortunately too, some of the audio didn't turn out at all. And so I just wanted to give a couple quick shout outs. Um, so Nicole with Aortic Inkwell, she's a really cool artist and I had talked to her for a little bit. I even got a few pieces from her and I'll be doing a giveaway. So um, I have a little Groot and a Loki piece. So watch for a contest probably um, on Twitter. And also, I was really bummed out that I didn't get my audio from my interview with Thunder Levin. He's the screenwriter for Sharknado. So, Thunder, if you're listening, thanks so much for talking, but the audio just did not turn out. Um, I'm not sure if it was like a reader issue or what was going on there, but I was really disappointed by that. But Thunder's really awesome, so be sure to check out Sharknado and some of his other work. And again, a big thanks to Phoenix Comic Con and Tucson Comic Con for the media passes. I always enjoy covering cons so much. It's a lot of fun. And I hope you all have enjoyed my coverage, the tweets and the podcasting and any articles that I come up with. So that's pretty much an end for my con season. Of course, there'll be Phoenix Comic Con next May. I'm not sure what will be before that. Um, Star Wars Celebration in Orlando is looking unlikely. But you never know. There is a few I was considering maybe in the springtime towards the Bay Area. So stay tuned for that. As far as Nerd of Paradise, um, I don't have a whole lot planned for it right now. Um, I do still have to do my, uh, tour of the distillery and alcohol and things like that. And also, um, oh, an interesting thing that I came across at Phoenix Comic Con was that in Arizona this spring, there's going to be the Arizona SciTech Festival. So that's basically a science festival that takes place across Arizona in 
on multiple days and there's lots of really cool science stuff happening. So I'm going to try to cover as much as that as I can, hopefully. So stay tuned for that. Other than that, I think that's going to do it for this episode. So thanks again for listening and remember to stay weird. Until next time.